The Fake Show is brought to you by Threads of Envy, the law firm of Hutchison and Stefan, the Craft House Brewery, the Tone Factory Recording Studio, Moonshot.com T-shirt designs, and by Mr. Antenna. Now your host, Jim Tofty. David Page is one of those rare guys who was an elite studio musician before playing in a famous rock band. He is best known as the co-founder, principal songwriter, keyboardist, and singer in the band Toto, who formed in Los Angeles in 1977. With Toto, David has released 17 albums, sold over 40 million records, and garnered over 3 billion streams worldwide. He wrote, or co-wrote, the band's three most popular songs, Hold the Line, Rosanna, and Africa. And now he's got a solo project to talk about, as I've got the great David Page on the line right now in Los Angeles. Hey, Jim. David, good morning to you, sir. We love you here in Las Vegas. I've seen you many times here. It's oh, always great. Thank you so much. David, David loves Vegas. <laughs> Congratulations on your first solo album, Forgotten Toys. On the one hand, I can't believe it's your first, but on the other hand, you contribute to so many other people's projects. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, that's about it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, did you just find yourself with a little more time during the pandemic to work on this stuff? Yeah, I think so. I think so. And uh, uh, we were just getting off tour, and it was a very uh, fatiguing, exhausting tour. So we had took some time off, and between that and, and my two my fellow bandmates, uh, Steve Lukather and Joseph Williams, started making solo albums. So they were nudging me and urging me and bullying me <laughs> into making a solo album. And uh, so I uh, I got together and started dusting off some of my old pieces that were in my computer, and uh, I found a couple of pieces, but I weren't quite sure how to how to bring it through, uh, how to frame it as a song. And Joseph Williams came in and helped me because we have we have a history together. We have a great shorthand together, and we uh, find it easy to make music with him. I love Queen Charade. Um, you're certainly at the top of your game here. Is that one that you had been sitting on for a while? Um, yeah, for a little bit, but it didn't really come into getting written into the last two years. I yeah. started working on lyrics for it again. That was my song. I was got inspired by I. I, Steve Jordan, who's a current drummer with the Rolling Stones and a good friend of mine, yeah. uh, was producing Keith Richards' solo record, and he invited me in to play an overdub on Keith's solo record. <laughs> so I got, I got to, I was invited up. I got to meet Keith, hang out with him. He had his arm around me. He was playing his album back for me, oh, and it was a total, total pinching moment again. I won for the bucket list there, and uh, it inspired me to have something a little more reckless and a little more. Uh, Cavalier, you know, on their album from a playing standpoint. And Don Felder got to come in and play guitar on it, which is a real treat. It, it's very cool to, to listen to the way that thing was put together, as was the uh, mostly instrumental Lucy. And it makes me think, have you ever played in a, in a jazz club or anything like that? Because, man, you certainly are qualified for that stuff. I have. I have played in jazz clubs, yeah. and I've played uh, jazz gigs and stuff before. But... Uh, that was a special uh, moment right there. Mike Lang shares the keyboards on that. He actually plays the solo, and I play the head and the organ solos, and he plays the piano solos. So it was kind of a duet, duet uh, uh, written song, that, uh, he, and he just passed away this last month. So I wanted to pay tribute by putting this on the album. 
Uh, you established yourself as a go-to session musician before co-founding Toto in 1977. Was it your dad who got you started? Were you tagging along with him to, to sessions? Exactly. I was following my father since I was five years old at sessions. And uh, when, then when I got up, there was, uh, like he, he was uh, the musical director at the Glenn Campbell Show for five years. Right. And he had a guitarist named Louis, Louis Shelton was the guitarist. Now, Louis Shelton was also Fields and Cross producer. So Louis heard me play, and I would tag along and play with the band, with the professionals on Sunday mornings, just jamming with them all the time. And Louis Shelton heard me and asked me if I'd play on, on their record, the new Seals and Cross record. And the first song that we played that we, I learned was Diamond Girl. <laughs> so Diamond Girl was the first, I was 18, Diamond Girl was the first hit record I played on. And after that, news kind of spread like wildfire, and I started getting lots of sessions. Um, you arranged songs on Michael Jackson's Thriller and Bad albums that certainly had to be right up there as a career highlight for you? Definitely. Working with Michael always was always a highlight. He was so sweet and nice and uh, so super talented and also very open to ideas. He's, he's a the most open-minded person. He would let you try anything, any idea that you had in your head. We weren't to be restricted to, to just the normal stuff. So uh, it was always fun and a journey uh, working with Michael and Quincy. I, I include Quincy in there because Quincy was the, was the, uh, the master leader of the whole uh, uh, project. You know what I mean? I give Quincy... That's up at Quincy Jones. Um, David, I was fortunate enough to interview session musician Carol Kay a couple years oh, yeah. a couple years ago, and I didn't ask her this question, but maybe you can answer it. Is every good or great musician can they possibly be a session musician, or does it take a special type of musician to be in that studio? It's totally a special kind of musician, you know, specialized. Like, well, some musicians might not be good in, in a band situation, session guys. But what they do do is they're familiar with all the different genres of playing. And they can play each genre like that's their only genre. That's the only thing they play. You know, the, the, there's jazz guys who can play incredible country guitar and stuff. And so you have to be well-rounded, well-versed, and you have to be able to read music and do it on the spot and make suggestions. Definitely... Uh, be creative uh, with your own uh, contribution to whatever you're working on. It's a specialized uh, craft. And by the way, was there anyone really as talented in the studio as Larry Nectel, who you know also played for Brad? Yeah. No. I'm so glad you brought him up. Larry was my goat at the time. Yeah. Uh, my greatest of all times. He was so fabulous on piano, and I used to sit next to him. And really, the, the reason my style is what it is today is because of Larry Nectel. You know, he was also a bass player. He played, like, on uh, yeah. some of the Doors songs, and he played on uh, You Lost That Love and Feeling. And uh, he was just, he, he was my mentor, really, truly. If I had to pick one mentor, it would be Larry. David, take me inside the studio when you did that first Toto album, which was so stunning with all those hits. Uh, did everyone come in with their own contributions, you and, and Lukather and... I was really the only one writing at the time because uh, I had a backlog yeah. of stuff that I'd been working on and stuff. And uh, so it was new to everybody. Everybody just came in as a player. But I encouraged on the first album, I said, from now on when we make records, I want to encourage people to write, to co-write the band. You know what I mean? And 
Well, lo and behold, I have Steve Lukather in the band who wrote uh, Won't Hold You Back and I'll Be Over You, you know, which are two fa- fabulous songs. Yeah. You have Steve Ricaro who wrote Human Nature. He was in the band and he, he contributed a few songs. Right. So it was, uh, it was very kind of diverse, you know. We, we tried to just keep growing and growing, you know. Uh, bands weren't allowed to produce themselves in their, those days. We were the first band that was ever allowed to produce itself because they knew that we knew how to produce. So uh, uh, it was a magical experience. I saw you guys when that first album came out. I saw you in concert not too long after. And seeing songs yeah. like Hey Little Girl or Tale of a Man in Concert, just amazing. And you spoiled me for future concerts because you guys yeah. were so good musically. That was our hardcore shit you're talking about. Yeah. Now, you know? <laughs> yeah, and I wonder why that wasn't. Those weren't ever released as singles, by the way. Me too. Me too, you know. I'm, I'm amazed sometimes of what sticks and what doesn't stick. But uh, Tale of a Man was one of the songs we got our demos on. You know, we got our deal from the demo, Tale of a Man. David Page's first solo album, Forgotten Toys. It's available uh, on iTunes, Amazon, and all the digital platforms. I really wish we had more time, David, in honor talking to you. Well, let's do it again. All right, buddy. Thanks so much. Good luck. Thank you so much. By the way, David is a six-time Grammy winner and has contributed to over, and I know this sounds fake, but he's contributed to over 2,000 albums. He has worked with the likes of Boz Skaggs, Steely Dan, Brian Adams, George Martin, Tina Turner, Keith Richards, the Doobie Brothers, and so many more. And I love that story where he was just a teenager when he played on Diamond Girl with Seals and Cross. Again, check out his solo album, Forgotten Toys, on Amazon and iTunes. That finishes this episode of the Fake Show Podcast. Thanks so much for stopping by. I'm Jim Tofty. I'll see you next time. Listen to The Fake Show anywhere on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and thefakeshow.com. 